Welcome to the Simple Stories Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Max Lieberman, and shout out Detour for the Beat. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Jeff Wickersham, a high performance and habits coach who's also the founder of Morning Fire Coaching. He helps entrepreneurs and, and business owners um, build better habits and find more time throughout their day to start their morning on fire. This was a great conversation and Jeff and I actually initially connected over LinkedIn, had a 20 minute phone call and I, I just talked to him and I said, Jeff, I need to have you on the Simple Stories podcast. I need to talk, hear your story, ask you some questions and you know provide the insight that you have to, to this community. So I'm so thrilled that, that I got the chance to sit down with, with Jeff um, for the time and um, I'm looking forward to you hearing the conversation. Um, if you enjoyed the conversation as much as I enjoyed recording it with Jeff, please let me know. Best way to find me is on Twitter at Max G Lieberman, or you can send me an email at thesimplebrand at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And without further ado, let's introduce Jeff. Jeff, thank you so much for, for joining me today on the podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. Max, thanks for having me. I'm excited as well. Cool. And, and I know you have a traditional warm-up you, you generally do um, whenever starting a video call. Um, so why don't you take us through that energy warm-up? Absolutely. So if you're, if you're listening to this while you're driving, you don't have to, <laughs> to raise your hands. And I, I want you to stay listening to this. But anybody that, that is in a stationary spot or have the ability, definitely follow along. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of energy, enthusiasm, excitement, and nothing great can be done without that. So what we're going to do is we're going to do three power breaths and I define a power breath. We'll breathe in through the belly, up through the chest, all the way up the back of our neck. And we're going to raise our hands up to the, up to the ceiling, up to the sky, wherever you're at as well. So let's go ahead and breathe in and out. Good. Another breath in and out. Final breath in. And out. Now I'm going to count down. So we just changed our, our, we focused on our breath a little bit. Now I'm going to count down three, two, one, where you know, yell boom at the top of our lungs. You can pound your chest if you want to, but we're going to get the energy flowing. All right. In three, do it. two, one, and boom. There you go. Love it, Max. Love it. I love that. Where, where did you kind of come up with that? So obviously I've, I've been men mentored by some of the greats, right? Tony Robbins is, is one of them, but I just came, I love the, the power and, and the number of three. So I love three breaths and I'm just a huge fan of energy and that, that boom, that excitement, it can just change your state. And it's such an easy thing, but it's such a powerful thing and a piece to the puzzle that people miss, right? They, they feel like they're in this, this state of grogginess or they're down, or maybe they had a, a big lunch and they're, they're not energetic. You can do that three breaths and a power boom and more, boy, you're, you're energized and ready to go. Yeah. I mean, I even coming on, um, uh, I'm, I, I was excited obviously, but now I'm just like full of energy. I want to go run my, uh, four by 48 or four by four <laughs> by 48, which, you which you did. Um, can you tell me more about that? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I ran, if anybody's a fan of, of David Goggins, ex-Navy SEAL, ultra marathon runner. I mean, he's, he's widely regarded as one of the toughest human beings on the planet. He, he put out a challenge last year to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And I saw it over the summer, didn't do it. But this year 
I wanted a, a challenge as we go into 2021. And, and one of the guys that is in, uh, in one of the masterminds I run, he tagged me in the post and I said, all right, I'm, I'm game. I'll do it. So uh, trained and, and I, I, I did it. Ran four miles every four hours for 48 hours. So it was basically 48 miles of running in 46 and a half hours or so. So it was, uh, it was quite an accomplishment, especially because I hate to run. <laughs> um, that's, that's interesting because every four hours, is it, so are you not sleeping? No, I, I, I started, so he's on the West Coast and he starts at 8 p.m. Pacific time. So I wanted to coincide exactly when he was going because he was going live and doing some different things. So I started at 11 p.m. Eastern time on Friday night. 3 a.m., 7 a.m., 11 a.m., and just repeating. That first night, I didn't sleep much at all because I had the adrenaline. I was excited. Plus, I was worried. I didn't want to not wake up at 3 a.m. and 7 a.m. Those were two of the lengths that I didn't. I did by myself. Didn't have anybody running a, a leg with me. Uh, the second night, Saturday night, I definitely got about an hour and a half of sleep in between the the 7 p.m., 11, 3, 7 a.m. sessions. But yeah, sleep deprivation is definitely a piece of it. And that's why it's such a huge, not only physical, but probably even tougher mental challenge. And I think that that almost, it applies to anything, you know, sports, especially. Um, I was watching this video where someone says, it's not hard for my body, but hard for my brain because, you know, you have to get out of the, out of bed in the morning and push yourself. And it's not that your body is, is getting incredibly tired. It's your brain that has to continually push yourself forward. What did you find were the biggest struggles? Or did you find yourself in a situation one morning where you're just like, if I don't get up, nobody's going to know kind of thing? Or did that not even cross your mind? Is that regards to the run like getting up? Yeah. 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 Luckily, luckily, I built a system and I'm a huge fan. And I will know we'll get into to habits and rituals and, and those patterns. I had it pretty well thought out. And this relates to everything in life. If you don't prepare for success, you're going to prepare. You're basically going to fail, right? And I think it was a late John Wooden said, failure to prepare is preparing to fail. So I had it planned out. I knew exactly my route that I was going to run. And I didn't change that up in all 12 legs because I wanted it to be exactly the same. I knew how long I would walk down, how I would stretch, jump in an ice cold bath, do some, some ice, do some compression sleeves. I ate the same thing at 11 after my 11 PM run Friday night. And I did the same thing Saturday night. So I, I, I firmly believe that I was successful because I had it down to knowing exactly what to do because the mind, when it doesn't know exactly what you're going to execute upon, it will make up excuses. It will say, why are you doing this? And, and I did have a couple instances where, especially in Saturday afternoon when I was about 12 hours in, my mind was starting to, to battle me and saying, why are you doing this, right? Uh, but luckily I was able to, to have a support system, knew, knew why I was doing that, had a cause, had a mission behind it. And I was able to, to fight through that and get, get past that hurdle. I love that. Are you a big fan of like to-do lists or um, you know, writing down what you have to do the night before kind of thing? I do enjoy writing down what I'm going to do the night before, but I, I am not a huge to-do list on a daily basis because 
I feel like people just get so overwhelmed with this laundry list of things. I, I, again, back to the power of three, I like to list three things out every week that I'm going to execute on. A main thing that I'm going to do from a personal fitness perspective, a main thing that's going to drive my business, and then something that's going to be uncomfortable because when you're, you're stretching and going towards the uncomfortable, that's, that's where true growth and, and progress happens. And in speaking about the power of three, too, you also have a, kind of like a personal mantra in, in a book that you've wrote, Rise, Fight, Love, and Repeat. Correct, um, correct. Yep. T- tell me more. Tell me a little bit about that. What, you know, what does that mean to you? So that's my daily mantra. It's, it's the morning fire methodology. I, I have a company, Morning Fire Coaching. And, and the rise, fight, and love, and repeat, I, I explain it in this way, right? The, the rise is that phoenix rising reborn each day from the ashes. And, and I love to think of that very symbolically of, of every day is a gift, right? Every day is an opportunity that, that you'll never have again. So you need to take full advantage of it. And I think so many times we get into those, uh, those days and, and the days become weeks, weeks become months, and, and we can get very lost in the day-to-day. So the rise is just being excited, uh, new opportunities, new possibilities. The fight portion, that's bringing that dog mentality into the mix, right? Fighting for your physical fitness, mental fitness, and nutritional fitness. And I feel like as we grow up through childhood, our teenage years, that fight mentality is, is bred out of us. And, and we need to get that dog mentality that mix in a little anger, mix that fight and really go for what, what you need. So uh, that's the fight portion of, of the mantra. The love portion is very important because we're so inherently hard on ourselves for the regrets that, that we had yesterday or, or the things we didn't do. But you need to love yourself first before you can love all those around you. And if you, you go through that process and some self-discovery, show yourself love, you can show up for, for all those that are truly most important in your world. And then the, the terribly unsexy part of the portion is, is uh, repeat. And that's just repetition over and over again. So you build long-term habits that set you up for success. And it's truly the foundation in any area of your life, right? I always tell people, no matter what they're doing, they're, they're, whether it's business, whether it's personal, if they don't have the foundation for success, they're constantly going to be building this house on quicksand, right? There's no foundation. So no matter what you do, the hack, the strategy, the secret, whatever it might be, you're still going to be sinking. So you've got to have that foundation. And that's why I, I always speak to bookending your days. What's that last 30 minutes of the day look like preparing you for success in the morning? And then what's that first 30 minutes of the day look like to prepare you down that path towards success? And that's where rise, fight, love, repeat is, uh, is really is really was really born and, and lives on a daily basis. Right. And you're also known for saying, you know, consistency is way more important than intensity. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I, I took that from Simon Sinek in his uh, recent book, The Infinite Game. And it's just so, so incredibly powerful. And, and consistency is not <laughs> exciting but it is so vital to success. I'm almost up to 1200 straight days of meditating at least 10 minutes a day. Now that's not terribly exciting. And when you're in the muck and you don't want to do it some days, it's, it's tough, but just being consistent in those actions, cold showers, ice exposure, right up to about 800 straight days of that. It's just having that daily discipline. And it's funny you you mentioned that max, because I just was, uh, coaching a, a few clients last night and, and Jim Rohn's quote was 
Like you're, you're going to suffer in some way. It's either the, uh, you know, it's either having discipline or it's suffering from regret. And which one do you want to suffer from? Right. And I, I feel like discipline is, is freedom at the end of the day. And uh, having that discipline, having that consistency is just, it's, it's vital to any success that you, you truly want. And I think David Goggins is also known for saying, if you want to have a happy life, you have to visit suffering. I think, yes. And I think that that's something that's, you know, whether it's physical fitness or as you mentioned, doing something uncomfortable, you have to try to push yourself to be better. Um, because if you don't, you kind of flatline. Yeah. And I, I would say the mind wants us to flatline, right? The, the two pieces that the mind craves are safety and certainty, right? Because at the core level, we've evolved as a human species, yet our caveman brain hasn't. So we still think we're in a cave and there's a saber-toothed tiger ready to kill us. So anytime we get out of that comfort zone, fear creeps in and, and it's like, no, that, that that's very scary. Although it typically isn't, right? Your, your life isn't typically on the line when you step out and do something that's uncomfortable, but that's the fear that grips us. And if you don't have an awareness, it's, it's incredibly powerful. But yes, suffer in the sense of putting yourself through something to grow, right, is, is so vitally important. And I, I love how, how David Goggins says that as well. Is that why you think meditation has been so vital for you for the past 1200 days? Um, you know, I, I've been on my own meditation journey, and I'm probably about a 10th of that at 120 straight days. And hey, they, they say that every, um, the road of 10,000 steps always begins with one, which I think is yeah. an incredibly important concept. But talk to me about that. What have you noticed kind of over those 1200 days with your own self improvement? I mean, that's, that's about three years worth of a journey. Yeah, I, I would say giving myself some space in the craziness that is the world, right? That we're bombarded by so many different texts, posts, emails, whatever it might be that spending just 10 minutes each day focusing on your breath. And I still use guided meditation to this day because my mind still wanders even after 1200 sessions. Just giving myself that, that alone time to breathe and focus on, on my breath has allowed me to have more patience with my kids and, and my wife to have less anger when it comes to whatever I'm doing. If I'm driving in my, my truck and somebody's you know, going very slow below the speed limit, years past, I would have been cursing or, or on, you know, their, their, their uh, taillights or right. And, and now I just take a deep breath and say, Hey, this is, this is what's happening. So it's definitely given me peace, more resolve and the ability to handle anything that, uh, that comes my way. Wow. Had you ever meditated or, or kind of done anything like that before, or was it a totally new experience? So I dabbled for, for about a year mm -hmm. off and on, right? And, and I downloaded a, a new app. I use Insight Timer as my, my meditation app. Uh, a friend of mine had turned me on to it. I'd use Calm and Headspace as well. But I use Insight Timer. And then all of a sudden, every day, you see how many consecutive days that, uh, that it clicks on. And once you got to a certain point, it's like, I'm, I'm going to see how, how, how long I can take this. And I still remember it was like in the... 170s and and I had taken the family down we had woken up very early and traveled down to to Disney in Florida and I didn't meditate in the morning and it was like 10 30 at night and I said to my wife oh my god I didn't meditate today and I got it in and that was the closest time 
I've ever gone to missing in those 1200 days. So I, I always thought meditation was very woo woo ish, right? Monk on the side of a mountain, you know, spending hours upon hours in deep thought. It, it's, it's not that complex. And it's, it's such a vital piece to the, to the puzzle of overall health and well being and, uh, and the mental game. And the mental game is, is so key. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a pretty common conception of, of meditation and kind of some of these practices it's like, oh, it's not for me. It's not going to work, you know, for me, that's not who I am. Um, but, I, you know, what you said um, is kind of checking off the boxes. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld uh, had a kind of a funny bit about this where he said he was going to write a joke every day and he marked it on the calendar. He write the X and then he filled up the calendar enough that it became more fun for him to check off the next day than it would be to miss it. And that kind of, again, speaks to um, that element of, of consistency. What are the other habits, you know, obviously meditation, you mentioned cold showers. What are the other habits that, that you partake in that you recommend that have really kind of transformed um, your daily routine? So a couple, couple I'll add to that. Exercise has been a foundation of who I am and it just continues. And, and every morning I exercise for at least 10 minutes and it's exercise truly for energy. And I think exercise has gotten such a difficult, you know, story behind it where people are like, ah, I can't do it. You know, and I, I'm always like, listen, 10 minutes, just go for a walk outside, right? Get the, get the body moving. We were meant to move and you can get tremendous natural energy from just exercising 10 minutes a day. And, and I always tell people, you know, have, have a couple core things that you can do regardless of where you're at, whether we're, we're talking here, I'm in my home, whether I'm traveling for work, whether I'm on vacation with my family. And those three, I always say, are drink a full glass of water, meditate and exercise. You can do those wherever you go. And if you do those things, three things, when you wake up, it's, it's pretty powerful. So exercise is one. Gratitude journal in the, in the morning, right? Writing down what I'm, I'm grateful for and, and, you know, that, that's core to who I am because unfortunately a little over six years ago, I, I lost my mom to breast cancer and that was a transformational moment in my life, right? That, that was a moment where I didn't know back then when I was going through it, right? All the emotion, all the pain that that kickstarted where I'm at today. And now looking back, I can definitely connect the dots. And, and that's truly why I'm grateful every day. And people are like, how do you wake up at 345 and you're, you're grateful? And I tell them because I'm breathing, like I get another opportunity to have this discussion with you and, and meet incredible people and impact lives. And, and that's truly at the core of who I am. So exercise is a key one, gratitude journal, uh, right, writing down what I'm, I'm grateful for. And the other one is I, I have two, two young sons. I love writing notes to them every morning. So my, uh, my late mother was the biggest post-it note fan in, in the universe. I think she had every single color. So I write them a, a, uh, a note every morning. Sometimes it's inspirational. Sometimes it's just, I love you. Put it in an envelope and I, I leave it by their door because that's a powerful message every morning that they know that their dad was, was thinking about them and, and they've got something to fuel them for, for the day. Oh man, I love that. I love that. It's something I think a lot about too. Is it's some way it's it's unfortunate that it takes events like those for us to realize this gift of life. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Oh, I was watching this podcast with Joe Rogan and Naval Ravikant, and he, Naval says something that Confucius said, which is, you know, every man has two lives, and the second one starts after he realizes he only has one. And I think in moments like that, when we real, when we realize how precious life is, that's when we come to the realization that we only have one life, and we get to choose how we want to spend it. You made a leap from kind of that corporate America to an entrepreneurial journey. How did that start? When did you wake up, decide, you know what, I'm going to, you know, become an entrepreneur and try something new? So I've, I've always had kind of that entrepreneurial spirit ever since when I, my first job was a paper route, right? Back in the day when papers were delivered, me and a buddy would take one side of the neighborhood, I'd take the other, was cutting grasses and, and always had that kind of, kind of bug in me. But it was two, two transformational moments, right? Losing my mom to, to breast cancer, obviously, and knowing life is short and was the impact I was having in the corporate world truly the impact and legacy I wanted to, to lead and leave for those that, that I could touch. And, and the answer was no. And then fast forward 11 months later, I was fortunately told that I would be losing my job. So it was, okay, what, what's next, right? I had this one, one moment losing my mother. Now I had this next moment and, and I just said, I'm, I'm moving forward. And, and it was a struggle when I made that leap, right? Because there's no true blueprint of how you're going to do it. And we always believe, hey, if, if we build it, they'll just come. And it's it's not like field of dreams. It doesn't happen like that. And there were struggles, failures, but being consistent on continuing to get up after failure, after failure and understanding and thinking of failure in a different way as failure is just a stepping stone rather than failure just being a weight on top of you has definitely changed my perspective and allowed me to, to continue moving forward, even through you know, the, the trials and tribulations of, of being an entrepreneur. And there are definitely peaks and valleys and, and it's not for the faint of heart. And you've got to have that, that consistency to just continue to get up and continue to learn, continue to grow and continue to, to move forward. Yeah. And I think about that line a lot too. Um, if you build, you know, that feel the dreams line, if you build it, they will yep. come. Yep. And I think we could give it a little bit of revising because as you mentioned, it's not a hundred percent true, but inversely, if you don't build it, they'll never come. And I think for entrepreneurs or, and I even include blog writers or podcasters and creators in this space because I think at the core, they're also entrepreneurs and building a different type of venture. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't, if you're too scared to start and you're worried about having enough people reading your blog, reading your newsletter, and that's going to be the barrier between you and starting, it's just, it's never going to happen. And I think that that's a, a critical piece, especially for, for young entrepreneurs or if it's your first venture, you're trying it for the first time. Um, what was it like, you know, getting those, those first clients and getting those first few wins? Was there a lot that you had to overcome before that? So tell me a little bit more about that. So back to your point that, that you were just touching on, right? If, if you build it, they will come. But if you never build it, they'll, they'll never come. So we always so many 
circumstances, so many, you know, environmental fat, we want all everything to be perfect when we start. And many times that'll stop us from starting, right? Well, I'll wait until this happens or this happens. You just need to start because it's never going to be perfect, right? Circumstances are never going to be perfect. So just start and move forward. When I started, it was very, very difficult, right? I, I started out as a gym business owner, opening up my own gym. And then what organically grew out of that was high performance coaching. And on both sides of the fence, it was difficult. It was a little bit more difficult on, on the gym side because I had no experience owning my own business. Uh, so I, I hired a coach within five mo months to, to help me through uh, that, that growing, those growing pains. I learned tremendously from that, right? And next thing you know, I started booking in high, high paying clients. And I remember, you know, my telling my wife, Hey, this is what I'm going to take them through. This is what's going to happen. This is the, the revenue that's kind of come in the door. And it was much more than I had ever charged before. And next thing you know, I had two clients in two successive days and she was like, wow, it does work. So, you know, I, I got that experience and then I leveraged that for my high performance coaching and, and just continuing to move the needle, continuing to come from a perspective of helping others. I think so many times people can get into this sales process of closing, closing, closing. And uh, I have a friend who's got a great book, Alan Langer, and it's uh, sell more by selling less. And he takes the approach of sales has gotten a bad rap, right? Nobody likes to be sold, but people like to be helped. So you should come from a, a help mindset. So that's definitely something that I've tried to leverage here recently and, uh, and really aided, aided that, that growth. That's awesome. And you mentioned it was the first business you, you owned and operated. I would imagine you were kind of definitely battling some imposter syndrome. I've had, I've had that many, many times, right. And, uh, that, that those negative thoughts that play in our mind, right. I still remember in the gym business within my first year, having a day where the class wasn't filled the way I wanted it to, maybe a couple clients canceled and literally my mind saying, you're not good enough. You're not worth this. You know, you'll, you'll never be successful. And I laugh now because <laughs> if you were driving down the road that day, I literally had my steering wheel going down a pretty major highway, screaming at myself, cursing at myself because I wanted to stop those negative thoughts. Right. And it allowed me a little bit of space, but we, we all have imposter syndrome, right? I, I just had uh, John Lee Dumas on my podcast from Entrepreneurs on Fire, and he gets a million downloads a month. And he said when he started, he was suffering from severe imposter syndrome, right? Of, of who am I to interview these, these amazing entrepreneurs? So our, our thought process is we always are the only ones that have those thoughts, yet we're so alike. We all face those negative thoughts. We all face the imposter syndrome. And if you understand that and can have an awareness, then you can say, okay, you know, Jeff, Jeff had it. John Lee Dumas had it. Evan Carmichael, it's time to just move forward and just take one step. And it's amazing when you take action because people always think I need motivation. I need to be inspired. Well, you take action. The next thing you're going to get is more motivation. It's going to kind of feed on itself and be this amazing loop where all you have to do is take action and then, then you get that progress. And I love this idea that either we're all imposters or, or none of us are. And I think that this plays to something that you were just mentioning and uh, writers are often 
quoted for saying that 80% of my ideas came after I was, you know, after I started. And, and so I think it's really easy for a lot of people to start off as, as an imposter. And because they see themselves, judge themselves too harshly at the beginning, they never get over the hump so that 80% never comes. Do you think that like you find you you found yourself in a similar situation? Absolutely. I could have quit at that point, right? Like I could have thrown in the towel and, and said it said, you know, enough is enough. You know, uh, you're right. I'm never going to be successful, but I didn't. And I'm never going to, right? I, I have that mindset. I will figure it out and I will impact 1 million people come hell or high water. And that's, that's just the mindset I, I have on a daily basis. And if you give up, if you don't continue, if you aren't consistent, right? It's so easy to, to fall into that trap. And so many people definitely let their negative thoughts stop them. And then they have the pain of, their, of regret, right? Later in life. And, and you only get one opportunity on, on this planet. So I, I say, jump in with both feet, figure it out. It's going to be messy. You're not going to be good when you first start out, right? When I first started out my podcast two and a half years ago, I was awful, right? The energy you hear now, the delivery is polished after 700 plus episodes, right? And it's those reps that you need to get in and you need to put it in. And, and we live in a society where we want six pack abs in six minutes and there's a magic pill for stuff. It's just not the fact, it's not the facts. And, and we're misled to believe that it can happen overnight. Does it happen for, for some entrepreneurs overnight? Yes, but they are the rare, rare example. But if you can stay consistent, just, just say, Hey, this is my cause. This is my mission. I'm going to figure it out. The mind will follow eventually. And I want to touch on that, that overnight piece. Um, because I think, and you know, sure, maybe there are with social media now, it's possible to blow up literally overnight. Yep. But I think that there are a lot of people where it seems like they blow up overnight, but really it's because of their consistent work for years prior. And I think that that's something, I mean, you know, Bezos, Musk, they all started off in really poor situations working on you know, a product people, a lot of people didn't believe in, you know, Bezos presented in front of a Harvard um, grad class and they essentially told him, you're never going to make this work. You should stop. And, and he didn't. And I think that there's an important piece of not only sometimes not listening to exterior critics, but also being able to not listen to the negative voices in your head. When, when you're coaching clients, um, do you find that that's actually some of the biggest barrier is not necessarily criticism from other people, but self-judgment? Absolutely. That is the number one piece, right? We are the only species on the planet that continually beats ourselves up for things over and over and over again. And that's why love is, is so important. And, and being able to show yourself self-love and, and tell yourself, I love you, right? I, I take clients through an exercise where, where they go into the bathroom, breathe, turn off the lights, look at themselves in the eyes and tell themselves they love them. And there has been deep-rooted emotion in that. I mean, tears, because when was the last time you told yourself that? So understanding that telling people 
coaching people, guiding people, helping people to say, hey, you're in the perfect spot. You, you did an amazing job this past week, right? We, we're always so quick to go on to the next thing, but we don't spend enough time celebrating our success of where we're at. And some people will fail and say, oh, I didn't get this done this week. And I'll say, okay, well, two months ago, we started here. You're at now this point, look at how far you've come. And they'll say, oh, you know what? I, I have made tremendous product. So, um, progress. So I always tell people it's, it's tough to read the label when you're inside the bottle. So having an external voice, somebody to give you different perspective is incredibly powerful right? That's an incredibly, incredibly powerful part to the process. Yeah. And, and I think what, what you say is something very interesting. Um, you can't read the label when you're in the bottle. The way I've been looking at this is through, I guess, the hero's journey, this idea that um, it's, it's built on a story and suffering makes for a more interesting story. Because um, who, who doesn't love a good underdog story? right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think for me, that was a big realization. Because when I look back on my previous experiences, none of them felt significant at the time or like maybe I failed doing something, but I learned something, right? I look back at it now, it's like, wow, that actually linked to the next thing I did, which linked to something I did, you know, three steps later, and it all kind of comes together. And I thought that that was a really powerful realization, at least in my own life story of being like, wow, um, lots of these things actually connect when you're coaching, you get to see that kind of in real time. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to watch. And I always, when, when my clients first come on board, I always have them ride, watch Steve Jobs Stanford commencement speech. Cause he speaks to, to just that max where we want to connect the dots forward and know, okay, where is this going to lead? But you just can't. Right. So you have to have faith and belief that you're going down the right path. And when you look back, just in, in your example, those dots connect and, and, and looking backwards. And it's such a powerful, powerful statement, powerful speech that he gave. And it's a great way to have that belief and that mindset that I am headed down that path, whatever the, wherever the journey takes me, I know looking back, those dots will connect. And it, it truly is, is a great way to live and, and understand your mission and your purpose and continue moving forward. And so talking about moving forward for anybody who's listening, you know, what habits would you recommend kind of right off the bat? Um, Cause I, I would assume that habits are kind of built on each other. Sometimes you can't start one until you've kind of gotten comfortable with, with another one. Maybe that's, that's easier an easier win per se. What would you say is the most important ones to start with? So one is just having an awareness of, of habits and rituals, right? Up to 90 to 95% of what we do can be driven through our habits and rituals, meaning it's on autopilot, right? You don't have to consciously think about it. The mind has a limited capacity. So anything it can automate and move to your subconscious mind, it will. And I always relate that to that, the computer programs that run behind the scenes, right? You hit the power button on your laptop, it boots up, but there are thousands of things going on the, behind the scenes that, that allows you to, to see that, that picture. So that's number one, having awareness. Number two is understanding how long it takes to create a habit, right? We've all heard 21 days to create a habit. It's BS. That's the bare minimum. It's anywhere from 21 to 67 days. So think about that. If you have that expectation that I've made it at 21 days, yet it takes you three times that, how successful do you think you'll be? 
not very successful, right? And it's why 80% of people fail on their, their New Year's resolution. So having that awareness of how much you're driven by your habits, as well as, you know, the time it takes is very important to, to creating habits. I always coach people on how are you get how are you preparing for success at the, the night before, right? How are you getting a good night's sleep? How are you setting yourself up for being in control the moment you you wake up in the morning? And so many people give up control and they give up that choice of how am I going to live my life right when that alarm clock goes off. So how are you going to set yourself up for a good night's sleep, right? Get everything prepared. If you're going to work out, having your clothes out, all those things are, are so vitally important. And then map out what you're going to do right when you wake up, because that is the peak time where you're mental and physically repaired, rejuvenated from hopefully a good night's sleep. So if you can get some quick wins, it starts that train down the train tracks towards, towards success. And, and you're going to feel this, this rush of energy, this rush of focus. And it's such a, such a tremendous thing to, to implement and then stay consistent over time. And, and you'll be able to to wake up, wake up, and it, it's purely, it's like jet fuel to to your life when you you have those pieces, those habits in place that can be the the foundation to success. That's awesome. Are are you a big proponent of the um, you know make your bed first thing in the morning? I do make my bed first thing in the morning when I when I wake up. I, I get into a little state of gratitude, think about what I'm grateful for, just for a minute or two, then then get my bed made right away because you're getting a win. Right. The other piece is not hitting the snooze button. Most people don't know this. I learned this the hard way a couple months ago when I hit the snooze button. I never do it. And I was pissed off at myself. Here I am, a high performance coach, and I, I hit the snooze button. But I also like to put on a white lab coat and say, okay, why was that? Right. Why is the biggest button on our phone the snooze button? Well, you're, you're being set up for failure. Right. So I, I went in and you might not even know this, Max. You can turn off the snooze button on your phone. If you go into the that. clock, if you go into the clock, three rows down on the iPhone is toggle off the snooze button. So I told this to people and they're like, I had no idea that that ability was there. So if you want to set yourself up for success and not hit the snooze button, just take it away. Now there's one option, hit the stop. So uh, make my bed, hit, you know, don't hit the snooze button and uh, yeah, get those quick wins because that builds momentum. And what you're training your mind is to be successful, right? You're training your mind that, hey, I'm worth it. I'm gonna make my bed. Things are in order. I'm not gonna hit the snooze button. I got that win. I'm drinking a full glass of water. I'm hydrating, I'm getting ready. And, and it, it just creates this fire in your mornings that, that is pretty incredible. And, and speaking about the snooze button, what I find myself doing when I do use it is that it's never just, I'd never just hit it once. It's always, oh, I'm going to snooze it again. I'll snooze it, you know, and then it becomes a habit to some yeah. extent. And, um, so after this call, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I turn it off because there you go. There's, a, there's a much bigger difference between the stop and the, you know, it's like, well, I got, I'm, it, I'm not going to wake up later if I stop and go back to sleep because it's just that's gonna be it um so i'm gonna do that right after this call and i think that that actually plays to a weakness of the human condition which i think a lot of us share which is procrastination um and i was watching something and and, and somebody said if i was gonna give you a million dollars and all you had to do was show up at the beach tomorrow morning at 5 a.m you would be there you would be there no question but 
if I just told you to get up at 5 a.m., you know, and, and meet me at the beach, you wouldn't be there. And without that kind of incentive, because that there, there's an urgency when, when there's an incentive, hey, 5 a.m., you're going to get X, Y, and Z, you know, and, and if you would be there, it kind of shows, proves that, like, you're not necessarily a procrastinator. There's just no urgency for the actions that, um, that need, that require to be taken. How do you kind of make yourself feel that urgency of like, I have to get in the, the, the practice of these habits because there is something I need to, to, to get. Yeah. So you can create some time structure to, to allow you to do that. Right. And, and there's a, a law of time, it's called Parkinson's law of time. And basically it says, however time you give a task is how long that time will, uh, that how long that task will take. Right. I'm sure we've said, Hey, I'm going to do something in 30 minutes. I've got a drop dead meeting. You know what? It took 30 minutes, but if you gave yourself three hours, it takes you three hours. Right. And I know we've all experienced when you're going away on vacation, those last two days prior to vacation, you are the most productive you've ever been because you know you have that drop dead date. So putting some time constraints into it, right, of, of marking it off in your calendar, saying this is what I'm going to do, have weekly goals, and then have daily ac actions that are attacking those goals are so vitally important. And I know we, you had mentioned, Max, earlier, the, the to-do list. When we have all these things, the mind just gets overwhelmed. And so many times we don't hit all of those pieces to the puzzle and, and don't mark off everything at the to-do list. And then we've got regret. Then we beat ourselves up for what we didn't do today. So managing your time is so vital to success and putting in those time constraints, having accountability, right, of, of different people. I have my clients that, that I work with. I have men in a, a mastermind of mine. I'm accountable to all of them because I, I do the same thing they are, right? I'm waking up, I'm checking in in the morning, making sure that they got their morning fire complete and I'm a practitioner, I'm doing it as well. So putting any time constraints into the, into the equation is incredibly powerful. Last summer during the COVID crisis, we made it, we got to a point as a family where we said, you know what, we're gonna go to the beach every Friday. So I only worked four days a week, but you know what? I was so much more productive in those four days because I knew I had a day where I was going to spend time with my family. And I bet you looking back, if I really took a deep dive in the numbers, I was more productive in those four days than I was typically in five days. So if you can put some of those hacks into place and put in time constraints, put in important meetings, book it into your calendar and say, I am focused on this now, shutting down your phone, shutting down email, those distractions that just zap your productivity, then you'll be able to, to truly attack those goals and, and drive towards them. And, and the idea is that you're really only, only one morning away, right? That's it. That's it. You're, you're only one morning away from, from that, that boundless energy, that focus and, and more time in your days, right? If, if you let all the other stuff roll off your shoulders, that truly isn't going to move the needle for you. It will be amazing how much more time you have in your day. If you're not scrolling through social, you're not doing stuff that, that isn't productive. It's incredibly powerful to, uh, to live that way. And just to clarify, is, is that, does that mean that you're really one morning away from starting that journey to getting to that point? Or are you saying that it's really just one morning away from just if you make the right 
decisions, you, you can be there. Yeah, you're, you're just one morning away if you make those right decisions. And, and I've had clients their first week and they're like, holy mackerel, I can't believe the difference in my focus, in my energy level, taking control of my day. And literally, the, the, it's a game changer for them. And it, it's truly remarkable, those small, simple habits that you can put in place that, that create that, uh, that true momentum in your life. That's awesome. Well, Jeff, I want to give you the opportunity to um, let people know where they can find you. How can they get more, Jeff, um, and get more Morning, morning Fire? Absolutely. So uh, if they wanted to grab my, my book, it's, it's out on Amazon ebook or, or, uh, or paperback. It's Rise, Fight, Love, Repeat, Ignite Your Morning Fire. I was number one in, in my category when I released number one bestseller status. So it will give you that blueprint that I, I leverage. You can go out to, to my website, subscribe to, uh, to my email list. That's www.themorningfire.com. If you want to drop me a note and say, hey, you were inspired by this podcast, you'd love to jump on a a 20 minute connection call, just email me at jeff at themorningfire.com. I'm out on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. So have a follow. I'm always posting content and, uh, and pushing, the, pushing the, the limit of what is possible because uh, we truly have an untapped potential. We have that, Max, you, you mentioned it earlier, that hero inside of us. We all have that hero inside of us. It's just uncovering it, unleashing it and letting it uh, rock and roll. Yeah, and, and the piece I love about the hero and the hero's journey is that the hero always starts off as, as a state, as a normal person. They don't start off as a hero. It is only through the process of trial and error and, and going on that adventure, going on that journey, that do they uncover to themselves that the hero has been within them the entire time. They just had to let it come out. Yeah, it's amazing. And I, I love it. And it's it's so, so true. And everybody listening to this, you, you just need to believe and you need to start, right? Just start taking action and then you'll get more motivated and that, that ball starts rolling the right direction. Yeah. Jeff, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast today. Uh, this was an awesome conversation. I always love checking in with you um, and, and hearing what you're up to. So um, I'm looking forward to, to what's next and, and being along for the ride. Thanks, Max. So grateful to uh, to be on and uh, truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Simple Stories podcast. As always, a big shout out and thank you to our very special guest for joining us today. And I'd love to hear how you like the episode. You can find me on Twitter at Max G Lieberman or send me an email at thesimplebrand at gmail.com. If you did enjoy the episode, I'd love for you to leave a review at the Apple Store iTunes podcast section. It certainly helps me keep producing the show, and I'd love to hear any feedback, comments, or any, any, anything you might um, like to share about the show. I really look forward to hearing from you.